Let's do this. Uh, Let's do this. Pound it out, guys. Probably Science is the podcast you're listening to right now. I'm Andy Wood. I co-host. So you're leaving that there with me jokingly saying white power. Did you say white power? (laughs) You said it jokingly? That's staying in. That's definitely staying in. Timely, Matt. Very timely and sensitive. Good work. Um, yes, I'm I'm Andy Wood. Uh, that's the voice of uh, British uh, I thought skinhead. We were going to do a sound check first. We normally <laughs> do a sound check. I figure that's what was happening. We normally go around and like check everyone's levels. Careers have been ruined by this. They thought the mic was off. Like, oh my god! Like, like I don't want my again? Michael Richards moment to be before I reach any level of fame. Like I don't want it to happen in advance. <laughs> it's done. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Yeah. Uh, sorry, guys. That's the, this yeah, is totally sorry. Once something is recorded, seventy-seven on episodes it must be in, podcast. and we're yeah. finally going to get to what this podcast is really about. So go ahead, Matt. What do you <laughs> well, want to speak? I mean, it is like, a This is probably the most Portland episode we've ever done, mm-hmm. which is the that's whitest true. town. Yeah, uh, we have uh, Augie Smith, who has been with us before. Is a, that's as a, right as a with third the shaved head. With yeah. the shaved head. <laughs> yeah. Bringing what I got to the table. <laughs> the timing could not be worse on this, whether we're being sarcastic or not. So hard looking like me. And uh, and our first time guest who, are you, are we, should we, can we say goth? Are we are we sort of? I I accept it. I embrace it. This is hi. I'm Virginia Jones. Virginia from, Jones is here from Portland, Oregon. From now Portland, in, Oregon. And the member of the LBC. LBC. What? what? <laughs> Staying down in Long Beach. Um. Yeah. But yeah. Yesterday. Last week. Yesterday. What am I talking about? Last week, as listeners would know, because uh, that's obviously when we record things, right? When you put them out. Yep. We had Charlene Conley on, who was on her way to a vegan goth party. Um, I think that had something to do with you. It had several <laughs> things to do with me. <laughs> and we were wondering if the Venn diagram of vegans and goths was just one circle, or if there's if that's just. See, I totally know non-vegan goths. I'm. There's plenty of non-vegan goths, and and there's some. Like there, but there are a lot of vegetarian goths because I think uh, the Smiths are a factor. Um, I think goths do not value high protein intake as much as other people. Uh, but there are post workout totally... a goth needs to replenish all those <laughs> yeah. amino acids, right? I think, like I think you've pretty much put your finger yeah. on the pulse right there, Andy Wood. And I think if we're talking correlation and causation, we got the two factors of vegan and goth. I think they're probably both caused by a third factor of being excessively earnest. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, or Morrissey based. Yeah, that's accurate. Teenage ostracism could lead to either one of those things, probably, mm-hmm. or both. Yeah, I mean, I grew up Mormon in Texas. This is what happens. Right. That's this is what that makes. Yeah, goth. you either have aging goth twelve children right now, or twelve copies of Meat Is Murder, <laughs> in, in different formats. They're all yeah. my children. <laughs> yeah. Well, and after a while, even if that isn't you, those happen to be all the clothes you own. So exactly. We well, and like, it, it, like it, it's a it's a con, it's continuum. Um, like you know, I used to wear black because I wanted to look cool, and now I have to because I can't keep food off of myself. Like I've never <laughs> developed that skill set. Like the tits are just a shelf that keeps my shoes dry. It's not. It's not great. <laughs> But, oh. uh, but no, I do. Our first country song right yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> but at the goth vegan party, which was fun, by the way, um, one of my friends is a goth vegan who recently had knee surgery, and his 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 doctor has asked him to go to the gym. And at forty, he has never been like he's not sure what to do there because his previous yeah. method of staying thing is just cocaine and not eating. <laughs> <laughs> is he like? 
Is he going to go to like one of the workout classes, but just stand in the corner, shuffling from side to side, <laughs> <laughs> stroking his chin, taking notes? Yeah. You got to bring your own music at the very least. If you're the goth, go- you can't. You got to baby step into the gym. You can't be putting yeah. up with the. If you Depeche Mode playing. remixes, he could do. You could do. Yeah. You could do some Depeche Mode. You could do some Tones on Tail. Christian says, obviously, or Go. That's a very gym ready. You lost song. me. Did you lose everyone else? Uh, anyway, hey everybody, <laughs> science is good. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk about the fact that we all moved down from Portland to LA in the last. I guess I guess, I've been here two and a half years now. What was the order? When, you were here a you, year or two ago? I think year. the order was, get the fuck out of Portland. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, so I'm... You need to leave town now or there's going to be shit. I got here in January, so I'm exactly at a year, seven months. Okay. And I, I, you, I, you arrived like three weeks after me. Yeah. yeah. I Basically, I can't I was live, New Year's Day. I can't be without Augie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Richard Bain came down around that time. Ian Carmel's going to be coming next right. month, I think. Ron, Ron Funches. Funches came around Ron that time. Ron Funches is in town now. It's Portland mm. to L.A. Now he runs we're, this town, man. Yeah, we're, yeah, no, we run this shit. We, do we run it or does Ron run it? And Ron, we yeah. like we to say that we we're came gonna up run, with Ron. We're going to grab onto his coattail, coattails yep. as he runs it. Yep. That's all you can ask for is uh, a background part in um, Crash and Bernstein, perhaps. <laughs> Just want to be... I'll be the voice of an ancillary puppet if they need me to. Uh, so what's your overall impression of L.A. been so far? Um, after years in Portland spent judging it and saying things like, I could see myself living in San Francisco, you know, where there's an intellectual population. Uh, I'm horrified to say that I love it here. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. Um, the weather doesn't make you want to kill yourself. And uh, there's, I mean, there is a cool art scene that's very new but kind of still very exciting and of course you know every band comes through and every like the comedy shows you know being in them or attending them like it's very motivational and inspirational and depressing and and uh every three days i see someone and i'm like well i want to change my whole thing to be like genius <laughs> is that possible that's all i have to do is that's just all, be genius all i have stage. to do is stop oh, stop the bullshit i've been doing yeah, yeah. and just be a crazy genius that's what i would like to do so i'm really really enjoying it yeah and and like one of the first uh kind of california experiences i had was um one of the now defunct pool parties at andy wood's house and like i was uh shit face drunk pulling oranges off a tree so that I could have freshly juiced screwdrivers I'm mm-hmm. like this is it this is it and there's a we've pool. made it it's, guys this is yeah. this <laughs> is what I pulling off of another tree yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a prop tree from some movie but I forget yeah <laughs> but it keeps growing I don't know how yeah, yeah it's these people are amazing <laughs> the special effects guys it's pretty good. Agra it is pretty thoughts. good. Agra didn't actually spend that much time here. Yeah, no, you're on the road and as much as you were when you were in Portland. Right, and then like. I'm just in domestic bliss with the wife the right. rest of the time, and I don't go out and do shows. But uh, the weather's real nice. <laughs> oh, my God. Right? And I, I think kill it on the podcast. It's oh. great for podcasting. It's great for getting guests. It's great for booked shows. I think the open mics here are way sadder than they were in Portland. Yeah. Cause, well, it's there's just so much need and and very little reliability or self-control yeah and there's like, so there's many been, people there's, who... been time, there's been times at open mics where i've thought about giving over my time just to tell the new people this is how you move the microphone stand this is how you <laughs> listen to yourself speaking into a microphone oh i've done that so many times like watching newer comics going uh firstly move the mic stand out from in front of you and the other one is 
is and this is a real pet hate of mine and I've taken so many like new acts mm-hmm. aside and gone you want you need to stop doing this and it's dropping the microphone in between jokes like right. dropping it dropping it back down As like an indicator yeah. like they'll, they'll not literally the to the ground but they'll just fin- lowering yeah it just like lowering down a... to the waist and it's because that's a singer's mic technique that's what singers do right. like vocalists when they're like pop singers when they sing their line and then there's like a couple of bars where it's just instrumental and, they and they'll put the, hear you breathing yeah and they'll put the mic down by their side and they'll and they'll dance for a bit and then when it's time to do the line again they'll move the mic back up to their mouth but when you do that in a stand-up show it just like looks like you're going Huh? Huh? <laughs> Punchline. Laugh, guys? Huh? laugh that here. Was the joke. That was the joke. And here's another one. <laughs> and it just—it makes your whole set look so because contri- stand-up is a contrived art form anyway. Like it, it's very artificial in its heart. You're doing one side of a conversation at a room of people for anywhere between three minutes and an hour and a half. Uh, and like everything you can do to try and disguise the fact that it is ludicrously artificial <laughs> helps you. And and one of those things is keeping the mic in one place while you're talking. So I wow. shouldn't have that recording of a rim shot on my phone that I press. No, no, no that helps. No, that's, that's part of your yeah, thing. That's, that's part of your thing. And if we can just stretch this out into a three-day seminar, we can charge thousands of dollars. <laughs> I, I, I was on a date with a guy who said, wow, so you, you've written your jokes beforehand? I thought that it was just like whatever mm-hmm. you were thinking about. I'm like, you're the last person who thought that in nope, the universe. Not even close to the last person who thought <laughs> yeah. that. You should never be... But I, I hear that once every couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's a compliment to you as a stand-up that someone thinks you could have been coming up with that on the fly. Or it could be the opposite, actually. It could be the it opposite. It could be the opposite. Yeah. Speaking of which, a big shout-out to Andy Wood, who wrote the script for this week's Probably Science. <laughs> going really great so far. <laughs> Takes me 20 hours to get a one-hour script done for this podcast. It's all worth it, though. I'm just glad I'm always surrounded by such great uh, cold readers. You guys can just... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Instantly pick it up. I love it. Thank uh, you, Andy. Sorry, I'll try that again. Thank you, Andy. That's, yeah, don't that's don't what's step right. on yeah, Matt's don't. line. <laughs> they pay me for the for a reason. I don't just do this for my health. This writing is uh, <laughs> is difficult. Um, so Virginia, we always ask our guests. You you've listened to every episode, of course. Yes, because you're I'm a good a friend. <laughs> I'm a fan. I like science. I like I like some of you she guys. She just dropped the microphone in between. I have to say that, you guys, if you're wondering. The oh, and by the way, also, while we're on that, don't yell into the microphone. Don't yell into the microphone. The microphone makes your voice louder. That's what it does. Micro is small. All we need to see is, is you changing volumes. I, the audience doesn't need to feel that volume. I, Augie, you, you do use dynamics in your act. You yes, pull the microphone away. You, right, you. Away yeah. Which is why I have to move the microphone. And yeah. which um, is why I'm defending moving the microphone. I did do a gig. But that's, that's the difference between moving yeah. the microphone away from you. Yelling. You're shouting and moving it yeah. down by your hip. Like when you're doing this, <laughs> it's okay to put the mic um, away. Yeah. But, could uh, you do that closer to your mic? I don't think the people heard it. I, did do, I could see the waveform. It actually wasn't that loud. I did do one show that was recently that was in this sort of hotel conference rooms and we're in the middle of Canada okay and, uh, sounds like a dream and the guy who was the sound <laughs> like I couldn't work out what was going on I thought they had some limiter on the sound system because every time I went loud it suddenly like the mic the, suddenly the volume went really low mm-hmm. uh, and I couldn't work out what was and then it and then it got really loud and I just couldn't control it <laughs> and then I was watching it was Lonzo Bowden who was on after me and I was watching the sound guy and the no. sound realized he was on it continuously no. and what happened was it's every like time I moved rails. every what? time I moved the microphone away from my mouth he turned it way the that fuck is, up because he was like, "Oh, it's away from his mouth." So that is here. ridiculous. <laughs> and every, you set one level, and every That's, time I moved uh, it close, he turned it. He turned it way down. He's like an not knowing that I was moving it around on purpose. Because he was like, "Oh, it's the microphone is away now, so I have to jack it up so he can be heard." Oh 
But God. I was moving it away because I was about to shout, and then I couldn't work out why it suddenly got really quiet. And then when I moved it close, because I was going to go like sort of, well, I was going to go really quiet, like it, oh, it suddenly went that's booming. Maddening. And, like, and it was just, I couldn't work it. Like I couldn't figure out what was happening with the sound system for an, for like the half hour I was on stage. That's it was incredible. just up and it was continuously. That's, that's such a magical environment where the presence of a hired technician Made is worse. So much, right. Like, right. If, if he had just walked away from the sound desk and not been there, Would he's sabotaging be his a, own guys. He's sabotaging his a, own guys. But it was it was more that it was baffling. He, he pulled a he pulled a grenade pin there's in a, like a troop truck. There's for there's a, a kind of like a bit of me gets like because they normally do conferences where it's some like businessman right. who's never talked into a microphone before, and they. And the microphones are all over the place, and sometimes they're holding it by their waist, and sometimes they're holding it right up by their mouth, and they don't know what they're doing with it. So I get why he might be like watching it, but like I was doing it on purpose. I couldn't, I couldn't work it out. I couldn't work it out. That's the latest insult is Canadian sound engineer. (laughs) You are a real Canadian sound engineer. That's a brand new hurdle. I've never even heard of that. (laughs) Out of all the different hurdles I've ever heard of in stand-up, of the shitty venues and sound and lights in general, I've never heard of the technician changing (laughs) the volume continuously. That's the most maddening thing (laughs) I've ever heard. That is, ah, that is... Because that's ah, one of those ones you can't even... You can't overcome it! You can't even explain to the audience why that's annoying, because you sound so petty, but it's so... But it is like... It's gotta be weird for them, too. It's like doing gig while someone's throwing ping pong balls at you or something it's just really yeah. irritating you can't. um the other one i heard about this one i wasn't there for but my um my old manager in the uk she was one of her acts she was sat in the show at the edinburgh festival and they kept being feedback on the microphone and it was their one it was their one person show and all the way through the show the, like the mic kept feeding back and afterwards when the whole thing was over she couldn't get to the sound desk because of the way the seating was so at the end of the show she went over and went what was going on with the sound there and he was going i know i know it was like it kept making that noise. I mean, I kept trying to turn the microphone up to drown it out. Oh, <laughs> brilliant! That's awesome. That's the best. Wow. Oh, Smart person. God. Speaking of intelligence, we always ask our guests what their <laughs> science background which is. Which isn't an intelligence nice thing. Segue. It's just about to be which part you nice have segue. to take. Very science centric of me. But, but did you? Um, I know that you 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 have extensive knowledge of of footwear and apparel and the design thereof, mm-hmm. which is a science. It is. Uh, well, it's a, it's a, it's engineering. It's engineering. I'm engineering. I enge- I'm engineering it. Um, I do. Uh, I I do have um, some science action. You know, uh, I went to a prissy liberal arts college, and they had like some like science majors for art students that were kind of optional, but uh, that I really enjoyed. I took. A physics of um, oh, 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 stranger with long hair just wandered into my house. <laughs> I just saw that. Did you All guys right. see him? Everybody be okay. cool. Everybody be cool. So yeah, I've. Um, wow. So what were the science courses? Little you little little bit of physics, little bit of, and like you know, kind of like physics of light. Why um, mixing colors in pigment is different than mixing colors in light, additive and subtractive, and like pinhole cameras and like uh, what I mostly remember is that my professor had Parkinson's disease and so was always trembling or drooling which for uh, you know attending a, a class at a small women's liberal arts college, college is hilarious it's really really funny it was just it was the it was a women's prissy liberal arts college yeah was it called a prissy liberal was it no it was called the the uh, the Missouri prissy women's liberal arts college that's right was, yeah. It lost Hell of a lacrosse team. It lost its <laughs> charter a couple of years ago. Great equestrian science program, and that's got to lie. All right. 
Uh, Andy is going to go confront a burglar, everyone. And we're going to record it all on audio. What is... Oh, did he go into Andy's room? Yeah, I think he went into Andy's room. Did he? I guess maybe. <laughs> should we be podcasting right be, now or should we be, be investigating? Be Andy's last podcast is he's the guy murdered by a long-haired drifter. <laughs> we all... <laughs> All right, what's the update? Andy's Andy's returning. What a It's Do- cool. I guess Stu told one of his buddies he could come over and shower. <laughs> <laughs> cool. This is the house where I live. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So um, <laughs> don't even come out and hang out, have a beer, come out and shower. Uh, Are we gonna have to cut this out of the podcast, or is this just like, this should stay? In, I mean, right? I think this is this is interesting. <laughs> this is uh, like the this is like the drama side. My friend Kirsty, by the way, who listens to our show, um, really wants a picture of this house because she says we've described it so many times that she has no idea what it looks like. You know, I'm gonna do a panorama right now. That's doable. You're gonna do a panorama. Do post it on the Tumblr. You guys keep going while I. So uh, uh, this yeah, will, this um, photo will be known as the last picture ever taken <laughs> by Andy Wood, and it's going to be worth a lot of money when the story of this gets out. But like, do stand still while I'm doing this. As though. you do the panorama, you've got to sweep the camera around. So I love the idea that like, in like he shows up in several times because like he he's moving so quickly. he's moving closer and closer, and just each time closer and closer to the camera. <laughs> the final picture. I think the problem with the panorama is it doesn't. Re-meter when it gets to the brightness there, so I don't know if it'll. Oh. And you don't have to do it the whole the whole uh, length. You can do the panorama as much as you want, and then say we don't need those towels. You know, on, my uh, phone has this thing called a camera. <laughs> you, you take a picture, and then mm-hmm. you can just send it to people. All right, I got the panorama going here. This is a decent representation, I think. Of uh, so, what does it do? A slideshow? I don't no, know. It, it I makes, can do it makes a, a, a long out picture. Photo. It basically what? it takes a bunch of little pictures and it stitches them together yeah, and that's yeah. science. So uh, science. we'll have to do another picture later on of the pool area. Yeah. So anyhow, I, I uh, cut you off at, at science academic, and ac- academic decathlon, um, science in high school, some some what, academic college. decathlon. I've been actually I, we didn't have that. I've heard of that it. That was for smart kids. You did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> now that's no. What kind of what kind of topics would you have? You said that with an unnecessary <laughs> level of incredulity. <laughs> really, really. Who can come up with the ten academic decathlon? Okay. Let's see. Uh, um, um, um. Are we going all joke or actually trying to think of ten things no. that would be? But like, but like, yeah, I did study. Uh, I think our our topic that year was like, um, it was some kind of uh, star science, but I don't remember exactly. But yeah, and then a couple a couple courses in college. But I, I always like science and I'm interested in it, and because um, I'm interested in the world around me, you guys, and like you're fascinated birds and stuff. I like birds. Is that a science? Birdology. <laughs> liking birds is a science. Yeah. yeah. The science of liking birds. I'm scared of them. So academic decathlon, that's the thing that Bruce Jenner got famous for initially, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And the then he built up right. to, uh, to yeah. the, the, the other kind. Um, but yeah, you have like 10 topics that you just kind of like study the crap out of and then you, uh, and then you compete on who knows the most about um, right. The Sound it's of the like Fury. It's what they did on Head of the Class, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. I, I was. But format-wise, I mean, is it like a is it like a game show looking thing? It's, or? It's, yeah, it's it's buzzing in and, okay. and answering stuff. I really wish we'd had that in my 
formative years. Like I love that kind of stuff. I, I always wished I could have been on Jeopardy. I think I told the story of trying out for Teen Jeopardy. It didn't make it past the first round. Um, I tried out for yeah, it's all politics, Who Wants but. to Be. <laughs> <laughs> I tried out for Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and didn't make it. But my spouse at the time was on the weakest link. I didn't know that. Yeah, Tom Jones. They proved that you didn't want to be a millionaire. <laughs> I absolutely. Kind You're of that did. goth. That is awesome. You won. You know, it was really great. It was it was an open casting call in Portland, and it was at the Hilton downtown, mm-hmm. and it was just a line of crazy people around the block. Like there were some trivia nerds, but then there's a line of crazy people, and there was one guy I remember like hanging from a light post, going. Where's Regis? Where's Regis? He's inside, <laughs> and he he wasn't he wasn't inside. But no, uh, that guy's there year round though. I've seen yeah, that he's guy always a there. And he's the, the I also remember the there was like a, year he was singing it to the tune of Frere Jaca. There was, was a stripper better. and her mom like standing outside, and the stripper was like, "Well, you know, it's like guessing anyway. Like, like I might, you know, I could know everything." And I'm like, "You're not gonna know everything. You don't know. You don't know." But See no, that Tom Indian Jones. Movie? Tom Jones came out to Burbank and was on a uh, uh, week's length, and it turns out it was it was him. It was Tom Jones. But <laughs> he the first one. He was the first one off, but oh. it was he was on television. It was fun. That's he awesome. was the weakest link. Yeah, he was. He didn't know enough about Cars or Oprah Winfrey. Wow, um, I would think one or the other he would know. Because well, we've all got our <laughs> I specialities. Think the to both is normally the same. Yes, <laughs> yes, but. Uh, I wonder if there is an adult ac- academic it. decathlon like there's a like there's well, adult there's, spelling bee. There's bar trivia, which is still. I That's mean, kind of, I have to admit, my love of bar trivia probably still stems from something about not getting into college I wanted to, or there's still so- something I'm getting out by doing that that didn't happen the way it should have in my formative years. What I, I don't know about yeah, bar trivia. I don't know that I didn't get into my first choice at college, but I can name every Midnight Oil album. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what I like about bar trivia is that as it gets. Uh, towards the end of the game and tension heats up and you get more competitive with the other teams you're also drunker like that seems that's a good a bit, point yeah that seems a bit backwards we've had some I, I should mention that Virginia and I were part of a team that was the citywide champions citywide in champions. Portland yeah. uh, we took so title. if they sound familiar yes yeah, you might have heard of team Dr. Spachemin we were uh, yeah. Shan, Shan Rock's triviology we named after I sat in on some of those Yes, yeah, I was, I was it's a solid team. Riley Newton, uh, hopefully future guest on the show, comedian, great comedian, uh, based now out of Seattle, was mm-hmm. on your your ex husband, and then a rotating fifth person we'd bring in as sort of a ringer, which is a little shitty of us. It, but. People think of it as the trivia equivalent of your show of shows, with the people involved in it. <laughs> The trivia teams that every member of that has gone on to join. Yeah. yeah. It's permeated yeah, well, through I, trivia if I just, culture. If I said their names, you'd know them right away. Well, I mean, <laughs> and just in the, in, the, in the social drama aspect, the bartender to our favorite trivia venue became my ex-husband's third wife. So, I mean, it's all in the family. Wow. Yeah. Wow. The couple so new revelations for me. I didn't know that you were his second. I'm, I'm number two. Okay. Yeah. Oh, uh-huh. so this would be the one after you. The one after me is Erica. Scandalous. The bartender from Eastburn with the Frankenstein tattoo. Exactly. The bartender from Eastburn? Yeah, he married her. No. Yeah, it's totally fun. What a tangled web. (laughs) Wow. I think it's probably getting a little bit inside for our listeners, so we should get into some actual... marriage. There's a science story that I wanted to do first because it sort of relates to to sound and and to music, which you are a fan of, and you're, Mm -hmm. you're a big karaoke buff. True, Sabbath true. Um, do you know much about the actual science of, of acoustics? Uh, 
No, I've I I've I've been a DJ and a musician, and so like I kind of have some working knowledge, but uh, I don't know the words and the numbers. The words and the numbers. Well, this is kind of a cool thing that that was done at uh, ETH, which is a Zurich um, Technology Institute. They were able to make objects such as liquid droplets and toothpicks fly in midair by letting them ride on acoustic waves. That's pretty awesome. Amazing. That's right. two levels better than when a hippie puts sand on your woofer. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also pretty cool, though. Um, it's also a sex act. That's why, that's why yeah. Matt's laughing. It's a what? Putting, putting sand on your woofer is also it's a slang so for a sex act. So it has an alternative right. oh, oh, musical oh, okay. meaning? <laughs> 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 wow, okay, so you, you just set it up just right. You can so set it up just right. Not only can you have them levitate, but for the first time they're able to control the movement of those objects, so they merge droplets, and there's a video that I will, at the very least I'll tweet it. I might not remember to put it up on our Tumblr, but a video of two um, droplets of different uh, acidities levitating, then being moved together, and then when they form together, um, some reaction changes the color of the droplet to show you that, they, that the acid and base neutralized. So it's pretty awesome. Um, I still don't quite... I mean, I, I sort of understand the idea of they create standing acoustic waves and these particles can ride on them and there's there are limitations to the size of them. They have to right. be... Pretty small, I would think. Well, they have, to be, they have to be related to the frequency of the waves. So the, uh, the diameter of the objects has to be at its most equal to half the wavelength of the, of the sound waves they're using. And they have to use sort of two different or multiple generators of sound to, to generate a standing wave which is what they would actually ride on but what i don't understand is like a standing acoustic wave so acoustic waves are just alternating high and low pressure air it's just air moving back and forth so a standing acoustic wave would just be the equivalent of just air being blown out of something so it's like a ping pong ball being held up by a hairdryer well, i don't because a standing wave like like you can create the effect of a standing wave like for example if you just stretch a rope between two people and you you wobble it to the point that it's just the the wave is in a constant position. Yeah. Oh well, um, well, not really. But I can't remember what a standing wave looks like in in sound. Well, they have some. Uh, and we'll post this article. We do usually post links to the articles at least in the Tumblr, um, so you can look at some of the depictions of this. Uh, but it's it's pretty cool. Until now, scientists have been able to generate um, contact-free levitational states only with the help of magnets, electrical fields, or in liquids with the help of buoyancy. But those methods limit the selection materials you can use, because for magnets, obviously, it has to be something that uh, possesses magnetic properties. In liquids, you have to have to, something that's not going to mix with the other liquid, like oil and water. Well, hold on. They're shooting the sound waves at the objects, and then the objects the are objects being are just, levitated? The objects are levitating just a tiny this fraction of, of an inch over. No, they're just staying in place We're above, not the, Matrix, above the speakers, okay. essentially, above the things that are generating these sound waves. It's just but, but like in movies, every time there's the guy gets the million speakers or whatever, or they turn everything way up, then everything explodes around it. What's, now, what is the science behind uh, all that that's stuff? The science. Actually, we are basically back to the end of Young Einstein, which we've come <laughs> yes, to. Yes, yes. Which has come up multiple More times. Than, yeah, like there's several been a lot times of Yahoo on serious yeah. mentions. How many movies, like he turns it all the way up, and then there's the one chord, everything blows up, and then they show like the dust-covered guy with the broken guitar on top of him on a pile of rubble. And well, that can happen, actually, right. if you don't get the numbers right. They said the researchers tested the method with droplets of uh, several millimeters in diameter, and the excitation of the acoustic waves has to be chosen after careful theoretical analysis, because if the acoustic force exceeds the surface force of a certain liquid, the droplet is atomized explosively. 
So you do get the Yahoo Serious. They call it the Yahoo yeah, Serious, yeah. I think. So you have yeah. to have the exact measurement of the size of the object you're levitating. Or it can be literally forced enough to blow up this droplet. <laughs> <laughs> Takes a lot to I mean, blow up. We're a talking about a droplet of of water and or coffee that will never so be what seen is, again. What is the possible purpose? That's of this, good of question. This uh, well, one of the things that you can do is combine objects where their interaction with some other surface might have some pr- might impact what you're trying to do. So, um, let's see. They said. It could have a wide range of possible applications. The process of controlled movement can run in parallel with several objects, making it interesting for industrial applications. For example, some biological and chemical experiments require particles or droplets of source material to be initially processed and then analyzed. And with this technique, you can mix tiny amounts of substances and liquids in a step-by-step manner without any chemical changes arising due to contact with the surface. So I think that's your answer right there. Well, I think that so they're talking about like a grocery store to p- display. You go in there and they just have like the chili just like just <laughs> levitating right there in the middle. Well, of that's going to be like, a couple years down the road. Chili that I want a couple yeah. years down the road. And think yeah, of all ideally. the chili. It's and also sell. they're but playing our song. Exactly. <laughs> and you, I mean, you would be deafened by the sound right. being produced at the store to levitate the chili. But it would that's, be, right. that's, every grocery store would, would turn into uh, the world's worst and loudest dubstep concert. But there would be floating produce and you could just also, pick it out of the air how romantic whom, would it be whom, if whom, that's what it would sound like you're stood there and this massive chord strikes up and your future bride floats down the aisle <laughs> <laughs> on that sound <laughs> just a wee little thing she would I, what if she put on like yeah the, you're supposed oh, to lose man. weight before your wedding she puts on five pounds and then she's just being dragged bodily down the aisle it becomes a lot less romantic well I think that most wedding bands would have to practice more let's start <laughs> there imagine better. the extra work on your average wedding singer so Andy having you, to create somebody, a sound that can levitate human can you make beings? somebody float to average white bands pick up the pieces <laughs> I, I want to see because if you can't well, then don't even no, try yeah, doing this experiment anymore it. I will tell you that's song makes my soul float right <laughs> yeah so Andy you you talk uh this comes up quite a bit like sonic phenomena the the I like the, the science sound of sound of, yeah no it's interesting and and uh and I'm agreeing <laughs> it sounded as sincere as my uh no you you're you're on the defensive woman okay listen um and uh, well, there's the, the the sound effect that sounds like it's always like it's, it's that weird Dopplery thing where it sounds like it's always rising or falling. Which we mentioned. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You mentioned the um, uh, uh, Palmer tone. I forgot what it was called. It's that it's that thing. The one that works like a barbershop pole, but acoustic. yes. yes. Um, which I learned at Shanrock Trivia um, was was red, white, and blue because of water, um, blood and bones, shave cream, and like bloody towels. Oh, okay. Uh, I didn't know there was blue in barber poles, though. Yeah, I, I was on your team then. Yeah. Remember that? You remember that question? Yeah. Yeah, the blue is I've water for cleaning that. the bloody towels. But I've never yeah. seen a barber pole that has blue, I don't think. I think it's just red and white. You're I thought just it was thinking just like candy That's cane. a peppermint stick. Oh, okay. So, according <laughs> to the trivia question, I might be wrong, but um, there's an experiment, like there's an installation I went to in New York that uh, I just wanted to mention to you, apropos of very little and uh-huh. possibly mm. leading nowhere, but it's called the Dream House. And it's uh, an installation where there's speakers all around the space and they're all playing different parts of a chord. And so as you walk around the space, you the noise changes, Like, but it's only the actual noise if you stand in dead center and it it is very it's kind of meditative and it like it puts you in a special 
zone and you go in and take your shoes off and make a donation. <laughs> it's in Tribeca. It's, uh, that sounds it's, cool. It's soul cleaning. But it, but it is also, you know, when we talk about the science of acoustics, it is, it is interesting. It's like living kind of in a tuning fork or like, like in this environment where where your ears are determine what sound you hear. Right. Like the uh, parking lot experiment the Flaming Lips did. The Flaming Lips, as you know, have have pretty much invented all science. <laughs> have you heard of what? what no, you know, tell me th- about it. They have an album called Zyrica that was brought about by this. They have a four disc album where the four discs are supposed to be played simultaneously. Mm-hmm. So you have like a listening party with your friends and bring over boomboxes. You all try to hit start at the same time or mm-hmm. start. You know, you hit start you on hit your start. CD player. You hit play at the same time. Um, and there are, and you can you know sort of conduct your own orchestra of the album because all four discs have different things happening. So if you turn yours up or down you'll have different things happening throughout and like the different ways you could accidentally have it be out of sync could create interesting interferences this, this and when do you start Wizard of Oz <laughs> exactly <laughs> but the parking lot thing they gave uh, cassette tapes that had a bunch of different arrangements on them to a hundred or so different fans that all parked their cars in this parking garage and then they all started the tapes at the same time and turned their car stereos up and it was like this orchestra of car stereos with all different things playing. Well, they were all it's, it's, synchronized. It's, it's but, modern John Cage stuff. It's good. Yeah. There's also supposedly the brown note, but apparently that's bullshit. Really? You know yeah. Oh. You're bullshit. The brown. You heard of this? The note, yeah. the, like the tone that supposedly makes you lose control of your inner workings. Yeah. I find that that in a brown um, note occurs in, at, for me at any fish concert. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just shit my pants. But that's mostly so you have something to throw, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not Why do you keep going to these things? I yeah, don't it's all no. it's love a... throwing shit. <laughs> it's just me. By it the way, feels more like you're just trying to find a reason now. <laughs> bands that I don't totally understand, and it's good that Brooks isn't here because he loves them. But uh, my brother is obsessed with Pearl Jam, has been from the get go, and I guess just because they've stuck it out for so long is part of why they still have this giant fan base. But like, I don't know, they don't seem to me to be worthy of the level that they have gotten to. Like, I, I like, I like some of the songs. You, you think they're? they're I think great? They're, they're one of the best. Living American bands. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, the taste is subjective. What I was going to say, that my brother is going to this concert at Wrigley Field next week, and it was one of only two shows they're doing in the U.S. in this tour, and he got the tickets through the fan club he's been part of forever. Uh, guess how much? He got four tickets. He only needed two of them. Guess how much he was able to sell the other two for? Okay, what was the, what was the <laughs> ticket price? Uh, I think it was... The initial sev- ticket price was $5,000. $70 seven face value. $70 face value. <laughs> and... Not even like up close. I think it's just that it's one of the only U.S. dates, and it's Wrigley Field. So That's crazy talk. Seven hundred dollars each. Seven hundred dollars each. Yes. Yeah. That's how much you got for two Pearl Jam tickets. Wow. That's amazing. Because I paid uh, five years ago in New York. I paid fifty a piece. For tickets well, yeah, in mean, Jersey, that's, that's and that was reasonable. five years ago, so that's about seven seven hundred. Yeah, that's, money. <laughs> yeah, that's money. true. Yeah. This is pre-crash America. Let's work, Obama. Another uh, thing we should discuss while Brooks is not on the program is that someone told me a word the other day that is a good description of what I think Brooks is, which is a hickster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, and, and and it was it was meant to mean like someone who who likes all of the uh, the the banjo and mandolin bands, but I I oh, okay. but I propose that it is also someone with an ironic slash unironic love of country and western music. I which, could see that, which I don't I don't share. Yeah, I guess, but hipsterdom kind of always has had sort of an ironic um, right. blue collar. So stoop is great. Well, I mean, just like. Paps and trucker caps, like right. there's a, a how ridiculous it is to go to a job every day. 
Okay. I don't know if Brooks then counts as that because he did grow up in the Midwest, where <laughs> was in the wrestling team, right, and worked in a cave. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know if that. Counts. Right. He might have. Like, he might have earned this music. He might have earned it. He worked in I think a cave. The real deal. He worked in a cave. Yeah, what? just like it was like a tourist cave thing. Where was, <laughs> like that was one of his. That was one of his many like teenage jobs was showing tourists around the cave, telling children not to leave their bodily oils on the stalactites. <laughs> yeah, it's important. He's a cave yeah. employee. Well, that's that's a tough gig making a cave interesting. Is it? You know, you, that you know. one cave, cave would look different than the other. I, yeah, but if you've never the been to a rock cave circle. before, like I was, I think. I still like a good cave. <laughs> yeah, As a child, like a I was cave. delighted yeah. by it. Like well, yeah, the one in Austin is called Inner Space Caverns. And, um, but that really was just a room you went marketing. to and you closed your eyes and someone talked to you. <laughs> exactly. But like, I remember it was a really big deal when you got to the part of the cave that you were allowed to touch. And it was just like smeary and worn down and disgusting. And yeah. it was like, it was and like, you, you wouldn't know, want to touch it because exactly, of how much it's been touched. It, yeah. Exactly. And it was like, it was like, you know, religious statues in Rome were just like the toes worn away with thousands of tiny hands. Right. <laughs> or that one bull in that one market somewhere in Florence or something yeah. where the nose or the pig whose nose is lucky mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. You guys know someone listening that lucky knows what pig I'm talking bowl. about. Yeah, the pig who's lucky because he tastes like, or with a bull who's lucky because he tastes like bacon. <laughs> would that be lucky? It's not lucky. It's the opposite bad. of lucky. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's unlucky. Matt, do you have another story for us? Um, well, I found one about another blue planet that astronomers yes, have found. Yes. Uh, We're gonna kick that planet ass. Yeah, I mean we got, we got a blue but that planet. planet said. Uh, planets in its blue phase right now before it goes into a more experimental cubist planet. <laughs> That's right. Space and Picasso. When does it become a thin white Duke planet? <laughs> Is that an era? Uh, it's come through a lot of phases. Um, but did, re- wait, Virginia didn't respond to that, making me think maybe that wasn't a um, thing. Is that an era di- of David uh, Bowie? Picasso and David Bowie are different uh, Oh, no, I know. Things. I know. I was just making sure that was the name of the Bowie period. I've never the seen thin white it. It was together. called the Thin White Duke period? <laughs> Wasn't there? Am I crazy? No, that he's not. A, okay. Thin White Duke was uh, when he was in Berlin and living on milk, red peppers, and cocaine. He had a 26-inch But that was waist the name of a period or that's just the, a period that's, for that's a That's the proto-master cleanse, I think. That's, it's, it's, it he was, had a 26-inch waist, did you say? Yeah, it was the thing that Bowie uh, was doing. Do you, do, you, do you match it or beat it? Oh, no. I'm, uh, I, he's, he's got me beat by, by a good couple of inches. <laughs> As he has in everything, Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> Damn you, Bowie. Damn you. Okay, so the new blue planet. So sad what happened between you two, man. <laughs> it's just he knows what he did. He can apologize right. whenever he wants. I'll be honest; I've only heard his side of it, so I couldn't <laughs> tell you I across know. many albums. <laughs> <laughs> China doll. I knew what he was talking about. <laughs> there probably is at least one person out there who thinks every Bowie album is like just getting at him. <laughs> <laughs> Some girly broke that up with a high school. person's name is uh, Iggy Pop. I think. Pop. Yeah. Right? Uh, so, their uh, research has found that one of the closest planets to our solar system also shares the Earth's blue coloring, which is according to recent observations from the Hubble Space Telescope, one of NASA's finest space telescopes. Oh, yeah. It's up there. Um, it's, it's not just because they get all the press. They do all the work. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, once you create a buzz about a space telescope, sure. like it just, 
There's there's a thousand other like equally good space telescopes that never get any of the press. Like, on a Monday night, sometimes I'll just go out and, and watch one. I'm like, why isn't anybody else here? This is like, this yeah, is a, this but is you got criminal. the tickets for a song. Yeah, this exactly. is like this is as good, but just doesn't have the right PR. Yeah, but imagine the pressure on Hubble to have to keep finding new planets because if Hubble doesn't yeah. find a new planet every month, so it's like who That's Hubble true. who just why found the it? same planet again. Oh, that's Laurels. Ooh. That's like he's basically. <laughs> Hubble's basically released the same planet five times now. Yeah. And don't tell me about an asteroid. Don't give a shit. <laughs> Unless it's going to hit us, don't care. <laughs> Step it up, Hubble. Keep it to yourself, Hubble. So, um, apart from the blue color, very different planet, uh, Earth, and uh, this planet HD 189733b. Catching. So, Why don't uh, we give these Take that one names. off in your notebook. <laughs> How do we name planets, guys? Uh, via giving gifts of star registries to dumb people for their birthdays. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can so put, you can put someone's... So HDD1285 is up on the block? It could just be like Marsha's planet also. You know, like, they do that star registry thing where you can pay a fee to have a star yeah, name. Which any, there official, is, any like, official space organization or government says... No, this isn't a thing. Like, this yeah. is not your You've business. But winner. also, You've the number of the stars is so unfathomable that it, it's trivial to just... Yeah. It's like naming a grain of sand for somebody. Like, okay, happy, enjoy, enjoy that grain of sand being named But you know you. that you could sell that. You they know do that sell you could it. sell that. They do sell that. Right. Wait, which one? The, the, the grain star? of sand. Oh, okay. You could do them all. <laughs> I think people know the star isn't actually called that, but it is to no, them. No, but it is called that, but it doesn't matter that it's called that, because there's an almost, I mean, to our to our scale of understanding but things. But what about planets? Basically, it's not as many I'm gonna, planets. I'm going to pay for okay, that. It would be right. a nice present for you, Andy. <laughs> I'm sorry you would have preferred a bear. I'm sorry. I actually, I, I scooped Matt on this one. I've already bought the planet, and I've named it Eddie Vedder after Augie's favorite. Wow, thank mm-hmm. you. That's sweet of you. But uh, tell us about the blue planet. What happens? So, thank you. Thank you, Virginia. Um, you know, if you really wanted to do something for me, you could have come up with a different name than Eddie Vedder. But I'm just... I mean, it's nice. It's, I'm not saying it's... It's, it's a tribute. It's, it's a tribute it's to you. Anyways, it looks but like you can't tribute somebody else and then give that to the, another guy. That's shit. See? It does look a bit more like a gift to Eddie Vedder. I'm gonna- <laughs> it does kind <laughs> of. It does kind of. It stinks of that. People will no, say that. No, don't worry. When I, we find you and me know who it's for. Augie, when, I appreciate it. Exactly. It's our secret thing between each other. And when they find a pink, very, very loud planet, I will have it named Augie Smith. Thank you. That's all I ask. So, um, so this planet is about 63 light years away from Earth. And it's around the same size as Jupiter, which is pretty big. I mean, Jupiter's the biggest planet in our solar system. Uh... And it has temperatures that approach 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit during the daytime, roaring winds of up to 4,500 miles per hour, and glass that rains sideways. Wow. Ah. Wow. That's it's very a bit metal. like Detroit, am I right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Is that... Yeah. <laughs> well, that's correct. That's correct. Yeah, right. well, yeah okay, cool. Wait, drop your microphone. So, how does Hubble know all that? Uh... I don't know. We're about to find out. Uh, it's amongst a, a class of planets called Hot Jupiters, <laughs> which is also the name of the dance troupe I was in. <laughs> and you were the great red spot. <laughs> you guys almost won Star Search. Was, you were robbed. Oh Damn you, Sinbad. I <laughs> Hot Jupiters. Hot Jupiters. 
<laughs> well, you hit the Jew a little hard on that one. I don't think that was. It is spelled with a U. Right. Your, your dance troupe, right? Not an E W. No, I thought it was uh, okay. Jew. Oh no, yeah. Jupiter. So. Yeah, we're all. Uh, oh, you're we all. Can, we all emerged from pita bread <laughs> in, <laughs> in full Hasidic Damn. costume. It was. Well, it was when you're doing your head spins, those forelocks create a cool like kind of windmill effect. Uh, effect. But you gotta remember, this is like three years ago, so people just thought differently about <laughs> right. stuff. Yeah. You know, there was. But wasn't it started by Phil Jupiter? <laughs> yes, it was. It was Phil Jupiter's original. <laughs> it was the hot Jupiter's dance troupe. And then that when he died of that aneurysm, no, we said, we're going to dance for you, Phil Jupiter's. <laughs> I thought he went to prison for killing that uh, aging starlet. I <laughs> Phil Jupiter's, no. He was so, gun crazy. That's, that's where F- Phil Spector went to get more stupidus. <laughs> Remember that one? Boys go to Mars to get more candy bars. Girls go to Jupiter to, to get, get more, more stupider. stupider. Irony unintended, probably, <laughs> yeah. by the kids. <laughs> Ain't no comeback to that. That's, was that's, that not a British thing? And that's what's wrong. It might have been. It passed me by. That's, I think it's it's like the retort to boys are rotten made out of cotton. Isn't that something also? No, it's not a, that's not I'm just, just staring at people who are, are made out of snails and puppy dandy, dog tails. made out of candy. Boys are rotten, made out of cotton. I think there's something like that that goes around. Made out of cotton. It doesn't <laughs> even cotton. make sense. I don't know. Like, it's quality Soft material. And durable yeah. at the same time. That is a bit far-fetched there, Randy. <laughs> you know what? I take it back. They probably aren't made of cotton. If you, if, you, if you don't pick the cotton and gin it, it will rot in the field. Okay, so you, mm. if you're made of rotten cotton. Right. Yeah. <laughs> You're reading from your defensive slavery. Rotten, rotten cotton. Rotten cotton is going to be my new all organic scoth line. Rotten cotton. Yeah, it'll be good. Uh, scoth line. Exactly. It'll be. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> we got a new thing. It's called scoff. Where it's we called scoff. It's, it's scoff. No, it's ska goths. It's actually yeah. extremely un, uh, unattractive. <laughs> I want to see a ska goth band. <laughs> They're just like they look like Robert Actually, Smith, un- but they're covering Save Ferris. No, unfortunately, <laughs> there is one in a in a small town in uh, Washington. I was it was uh, it's a one tone scar. It was. They were called. Look Sorry, at me. There's... Look at me. They were called the Scoblins. Okay. Oh. And I follow them on Facebook. When they have a gig, my heart kind of rejoices. I walked into a vegan cafe, and there was their full merchandise line. I like to keep up with what the Scoblins are up to, and they're gonna make it. They're gonna make it. They're no Scarface, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> have you guys seen Scarface? That's a real thing. Uh, it probably is. It was really funny when you said Virginia it. Jones. Do you know about? I, I believe they're called Little Iffy. Okay, it's a rap band. You ready for this? I'm ready. They wear wizard hats and they rap only about Harry Potter. Mm. <laughs> Boom. Yes, mm. and it's apparently amazing. That's there's, it, popular culture. You don't need to make anything yeah. else. There's, yeah. there's an Australian... You, we've won, everybody. There's an Australian rock band called The Beards and they only sing about beards. <laughs> <laughs> there's a band in Austin, Texas about foot patrol yeah. led by a foot fetishist, but it's a great party band. Um, there's a Klingon band in Portland. They sing all in the actual Klingon language that was created uh, either by Roddenberry or by fans, the, but there, there is an actual canon. The, right yeah, there. A, the beard's biggest hit is if your daddy doesn't have a beard, you've got two mums. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't even rhyme, but I like that. That's yeah. great. They're a good band. I, I'd like to follow their Twitter. I'd like to follow the beard's Twitter. I'm going to write them a song. My friend, my best gay, Pete, has a name for straight men with beards, which is uh, Cock Tease. <laughs> if you, oh, I'm, I'm straight sorry. man with a beard, 
apostrophes uricoctes close apostrophes oh a beard as an actual facial beard as opposed to a beard yeah yeah no a real beard right yeah um that's where i was confused yeah um i'm still thinking about sideways glass that's yeah uh, we did kind of get so they've known about this planet since 2005 but they've only recently been able to use the telescope to determine its color um findings detailed in an upcoming issue of the astrophysical journal of letters um, it's very different from all the planets in our solar system, says lead researcher Tom Evans of Oxford University. Um, because HD 1897333b orbits so close to its parent star, only about 2.9 million miles, it's locked gravitationally, which means that one pl- one side of the planet is always in the dark. Mm. Um, so that's related. So a day is a year, is what that would mean, also, right? The time it would take to spin on its own axis would be the same as the time it would take to orbit the star no it would never have it would always be a day like a, a day but a day con- meaning one full rotation of the planet but a day is infinite like because the day is the number of times it goes it doesn't if one side of the planet goes from facing the sun to away from the sun but it's still no, turning no, on no, its no. axis no if you define a day as just how how long it takes to, to do one rotation on its axis it takes the same amount of time as it does to do one rotation but around the star it would still always be sun Wow. It's like geosynchronous orbits. But it's never, it's never rotating on its axis. It's, ne- it's not rotating on it its axis. It isn't. I mean, not related to the sun, but related to some actual fixed thing. Yes, it, it rotates once a year. It's always facing the star because it rotates as the it... The dark yeah. side... With, with but within the sun's the frame side. of reference, it is li- it's literally never rotating. One day is, is infinitely long. But you do get what I'm saying. It I get do- what you're it, saying. It, 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 objectively, it, its day is its year. It does rotate dark once side, a year. The dark side is always dark, but rents yeah. are super cheap. Yeah. But really, super yeah. So you always want to get a, something that's just on the border between the light side and the dark side so you can have both. So you can yeah. have a garden. Yeah, yeah, if you can morning, find yeah. something, right? Yeah. Have you seen those prices? <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, it reaches extremely high If you're willing to get hit with sideways glass, <laughs> then the rents go down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it also is bombarded with included, massive though. amounts I mean, of radiation. How much radiation? Uh, just massive amounts, it says oh, okay. in this new scientist article. Um, Can we see any people there? Are there any people Well, there? apparently, I don't know. We're about to find out. Mercury is the closest planet to the Earth's solar, in the Earth's solar system to the sun, which is about 2.9 million miles away. So this is 10 times closer to its star than Mercury is to the sun. Uh, and it's way more massive than Mercury. It's the size yeah. of Jupiter. So it's pretty, pretty hot. Well, so that hot side would be hot. That'd be yeah, like yeah. the ultimate McDLT, I guess. <laughs> yes. um, Is the cold side extremely cold or still pretty damn hot? I don't know. I so imagine it's still relatively hot because uh, it's <laughs> just the sheer heat of the thing. Uh, the amount of radiation. The group's researchers used the telescope's imaging spectrograph to measure the changes in the color of the light the planet emanated as it passed behind the star. We saw the light becoming less bright in the blue, but not in the green or red. Light was missing in the blue, but not in the red when it was hidden. That means that the object that disappeared was blue. Mm. Uh, the team of researchers believe that knowing the color of the planet may lead to new discoveries about its chemical composition and cloud structure. Uh, but unlike the Earth, which gets its color from the reflection of large bodies of water, the planet's coloring comes from a hazy, blow-torched atmosphere. This is not <laughs> mm-hmm. an estate agent who's selling this one. And bits of glass that rain down in the fierce winds across the mm-hmm. planet. These shards are formed by particles that condense in heat and have a tendency to scatter blue light more than red light, according to the report. And determining the cloud composition of this planet could shed light on information about the entire class of hot Jupiters, <laughs> NASA said. <laughs> Because clouds often play key roles in planetary atmospheres. Well, and that is interesting. Like when you were talking about what the color was going to teach scientists, like everything that we think about as color or like color having meaning or color being like 
permanent is bullshit. It's all our sun and the way light reflects and our own perception and like the play of light and dark. Like, but green, what if what I think of as blue the, isn't even what exactly, you think of as like, blue? I'm just, saying, yeah. Andy, think about I'm just saying, like, did you ever really look at your hand? But yeah, once you <laughs> once you go off the planet. Your perception of color, it kind of like, it, it, it's just going to be determined by other things. It's not going to mean here what it means. It's not going to mean there what it means here is what I'm saying. I'm not mm-hmm. sure I follow entirely. So, Say like, it again. I'm sorry. Try only, to rephrase it. Maybe. So, you know, when a kid asks, why is the sky blue? Well, it's because the sky is full of water droplets that are reflecting, you know, color back and forth. Uh, it's the way it scatters light. Yeah. And, and, but it's got to do, it's because we're in, you know, an oxygen rich atmosphere. It's because of the nature of our star and, you know, the, and the, and the way that light hits your specific rods and cones, like you see color differently than I do, but also it's because the planet is generating the color. Like if we were on another planet, you know, green wouldn't necessarily mean it was a healthy, you know, like, uh, emerald planet it might mean that it was full of poison gas the it, it's a it's a well that's a, true i mean like it's in, a function in, of in, it's a function of what the earth is made of what the the, the yeah i mean on our planet the blue is, is because it's water rich which sustains life and on the other on that one it's because it's raining shards because, of glass. It's, because, <laughs> it's, because it's nine thousand degrees fahrenheit and full of glass yeah Boy, being a weatherman in that planet's got to be dire, huh? I think it would right. sound a little something like I'm being perforated constantly by shards of blowing glass. Back to you, Bob. <laughs> Boy, getting a desk job's got to be really mm. special when you're on that planet. I, I think want, it might go. Don't want to be, be out in the field. One, 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 uh, one it's still incredibly hot. I'm indoors, but why did we move to the other side of the planet? It's ten times closer than Mercury. (laughs) And it's closer to my job. (laughs) You know, the commute's a bitch, you guys. You gotta do what you gotta do. Small price to pay for hot Jupiter. Hot Jupiters. <laughs> hot Jupiter. Go in and meet with your agent, and he has to like uh, do some good news, bad news, and then like, he puts off that stuff till the very end. I got a gig for you. <laughs> it's real hot. It's this thing's <laughs> blazing hot. It's you're gonna have they to talk leave about white now. hot. This is blue yeah. hot. <laughs> Oh man. Well, but I like of- that even science classifies things by color. Yeah, there's a new planet. Yeah, what color is it? (laughs) Put him over with those ones. (laughs) We don't need no blue planets coming up in here. With their sideways ass and such. (laughs) (laughs) What? I love it. I love it. Um, Are you guys fans of stem cells? Who isn't? Who doesn't love a good stem cell? Uh, well, it turns Enemies out enemies of that Christopher Reeve. That's who. That's <laughs> yeah. true. I don't think all. I, I think at this time we're going to have to let go of that. I don't think all the stem cells so you mean Gene in Hackman. the kingdom would bring <laughs> would bring Pryor. Superman back. What that would be the ultimate irony, wouldn't it? If if Gene Hackman had been like a staunch anti stem cell <laughs> advocate, and when he did his speeches, they were like from a compound yeah, <laughs> under a volcano. A mountain, yeah. <laughs> I, after that incident, I'm a staunch anti-horse riding advocate because that is uh, terrible. Horse riding and, uh, and motorcycle riding are two things that, uh, 
actually, no. Horse riding isn't something I would try and talk a friend out of. If I have a friend who's, who's contemplating a motorcycle, I'm not going to be a dick, but I'm going to like try my best to steer him away from it because I don't want right. him to die. But I still have a scar you know. on my knee from the time I did a gig in uh, Cyprus and they just rented us mopeds and let us go for it. Yeah. <laughs> or scooters. They just gave me like, these scooters and went... You're probably gonna know how to ride this. <laughs> like, Who doesn't went, know how to handle this? Went straight yeah. into a wall. <laughs> Even segways. I saw Jimmy Dore get bucked off one of those, like an angry right. Bronco. Oh, yeah. Well, then, then he's a moron because that. <laughs> you what? Then he's a moron because segways are the easiest. Well, if things. you don't follow the one instruction, which is don't ever step off to the side with one foot still on the segway. Oh, okay. Oh. That will that oh, will know, that fuck you up every it. time. Yeah, because then the thing. Jimmy is, Dore, otherwise an incredibly smart, funny, and wonderful very man. Funny. He's but very apparently, smart. in the world of segways, he's a moron. Uh, I have video of it. Yeah, in DC, we got uh, at this comedy festival. We got a segway tour, and uh, he stepped off to the side, which makes the segway think you're trying mm-hmm. to turn so it con- it, yeah. it, uh, oh, so it compensates other and spins and um, so you, just you, just tosses Jimmy Dore comedian Jimmy Dore doesn't know segways he doesn't know <laughs> you think a comic would That's be a terrible thing for part of the part of his career but mass- speaking of uh, not knowing segways stem cells <laughs> stem cells can be uh, directed to certain parts of the body using magnets which could be very useful you don't want stem cells just going willy nilly anywhere mm-hmm. in your body if you put right. them in you right um, by feeding stem cells tiny particles made of magnetized iron oxide, scientists at Emory and Georgia Tech can then use magnets to attract the cells to a particular location in the body after intravenous injection. The, the results are published online in the journal Small, which I didn't know was a journal, but sounds awesome, uh, and will appear in an upcoming issue. It was a uh, collaboration between Robert Taylor, MD, PhD, and Gang Bao, PhD, um, one of whom is a professor of medicine and biomedical engineering. And the other is a biomedical engineer, and um, they, uh, I guess, magnetized iron oxide nanoparticles are already FDA approved for diagnostic purposes with, with MRIs, so there's not really any risk to having those in your system. And um, let's see, other scientists have tried to load stem cells with similar particles, but found the coating on the particles was toxic or changed the cell's properties, um, but the nanoparticles used in this study have a polyethylene glycol coating that protects mm-hmm. the cell from damage and they were able to load the cells with a lot of these nanoparticles and they showed clearly that the cells were not harmed um, and then they could you know move them around and uh, they they could track they injected them into mice and then moved them around with with magnets and the scientists labeled the cells with a fluorescent dye so they could calculate if it went to the locations they wanted it to go. So in this case, we're curing cancer with the same science as used to put a mustache on a bad guy. Yes. On a yeah. magnetic kit. It's the woolly willy uh, yeah, technique the of, of stem cell distribution. A, you know, I kind of panicked when you started telling this story because I thought, does that mean that those hippie crap magnetic bracelets for arthritis oh, aren't bullshit? But like, right. then I calmed down again. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. This is nanotechnology. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, there's been a few things that we've talked about in the past on the show that... Uh, touch on things that morons have taken the words from and attributed it to other... The like quantum did, anything? Well, yeah, yeah, like well, when right. we did the Jan 11 episode, it was just full of that quantum vibration energy. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, so if you just take the quantum vibration energy of... No, that's just a piece of string that you're handing me now. That has no science whatsoever. And this is, this is similar. This is like, you know, using magnets to direct... Uh, stem cells towards like so that the body can heal itself we're using magnets to let the body heal itself plus mm-hmm. a lot of technology and yeah. medicine right. right and other plus yeah, a very well foreign thought out placement things. of 15 nanometer wide uh, pieces of um, iron oxide and uh, non-toxic polymer polyethylene glycol coatings yeah 
Yeah. Well, it's it's pretty like, much the same as a power balance. Yeah, bracelet. yeah, basically. The team of scientists probably ate lunch during this process too, but we're not blaming this on Chinese food, which is why this <laughs> happened. That's what I got out of what you just said. Was that wrong? Yeah, no, that was exactly right. All right. Glad you'd again. be following the story. Accurately. I don't. I don't get it at all. I'm sorry. I don't understand it. They use a. They, they need you to direct the stem cell inside. Yeah, you can basically. It's, it's, it's the equivalent of just putting a little metal bead inside and of a stem cell. We couldn't do that. No, you couldn't do it because it would damage the cell, but they found a way to coat it so it wouldn't actually mess up the stem cell. Now, when they forcibly take these stem cells from the stomachs of underprivileged women (laughs) uh, after they force them to have abortions. Now, the point of them is then we can cure stuff. That's the You can grow grow anything from the cell. Right. Well, there are different kinds, but uh, they're they're just like proto-cells. They're earlier. They're not not differentiated. Yeah, they're early in the development of a cell. So So essentially... Uh, it's before the bit where it where it goes. Now I'm going to be a, a liver cell, or now I'm going to be a bo- a bit of a bone, or now I'm going to be a, a blood cell or a brain cell. This is like this it's- is earlier in the process. So it can basically it can sort of be programmed to be any part that your body. And are we able to do that now, or that's something we're working to be able to do? I don't know how far along the science is, but I think it's you know I think it's getting to the point that uh, certain. Uh, that it can be that these things can be directed to repair parts of the body that previously could only be repaired by transfusions or Cause yeah, you're, I don't know what you're, you're growing your own it, it's it's basically like a bio spackle okay you know, okay finally like, you're talking my language but aren't there certain <laughs> things that have to be triggered in order for the body to know to kind of use these to start like we we can't you know get someone to regrow a lost limb or even start that process but there are some things that stem cells can already maybe at some point do. in the f- far future yeah. that's not impossible but or I mean, even the, just connecting a severed spinal cord seems like it'd be simple. That's what. That's why you know people who are. That's why Christopher Reeve was fighting for this because that that'd be the the easiest, the most reasonable way that you could regrow. Regrow would be regrow. Regrow. Some way to get the ear on the mouse. They grow yes, the exactly. ear on the mouse. But it's exactly. uh, yeah, I, yeah and, it, and the big advantage of this of this branch of science once it gets to a certain point is you're talking about being able to grow, regrow parts of the body or at least repair parts of the body with tissue that genetically matches the patient because because that's a big issue you know right you know the transplant uh technologies come a long way we can transplant huge numbers you know livers kidneys hearts whatever but if you're taking it from another patient then their genetic material doesn't match and they need to take immunosuppressant drugs throughout the rest of their life to because to keep their body from rejecting to keep the body from going this isn't part of us so we're going to attack it as if it's a foreign object as if it's a bacteria or whatever Mm. in the body um, or just a foreign party, so they start attacking the thing. So they need to take immunosuppressant drugs, which in turn is dangerous because then you can get a cold and be in the hospital. Yeah. Um, yeah, so- a lot of doctors don't even like to have to, uh, when people want to get, like if someone loses a hand and wants a transplanted hand, there's a lot of doctors that are against that because they're saying you go from a healthy person with one hand to a really sick person with two hands because your entire life now you're going to be sick. You're going to be fighting. Why wouldn't you want a metal hand? And who wouldn't <laughs> want a metal hand? Every, anybody would want a metal hand. Yeah. Anyone reasonable I would, would do the elective surgery if I had the dough. You would, to, you would take you a transplant take a and be hand. sick and have to take an immunosuppressants? No, no, no. no, 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 no. I want a metal hand. He wants I would a cut off my hand, hand. Oh, you would and replace it with a metal. It doesn't even need to be a robot. Now, what, well, what, I just what, want a working metal hand. 
So you you don't need any like fancy you know you, you wouldn't I don't need to be able to touch or anything. You don't you don't want it to yeah you don't want like I'd like to be able to move. Saw. I want to grab stuff. Yeah, grab stuff. Like um oh, oh it oh, would oh, be interchangeable no, sometimes. No, no. Yeah, you could snap it out. Sometimes it'd be like uh, I don't know uh, a toothbrush. Right? Yeah, you would have a, a really good finger, one though, and you would have a microphone <laughs> finger. It would better it'd be, it better be a good one. Yeah, well, no, and there'd it'd be, be a spoon. It would be it'd like be, a Sonicare. It would be like a Swiss Army hand. Well, there would be one that would be like a Swiss Army attachment where there'd be a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. on it, but you'd have your specialized ones too. Yeah, who wouldn't do that? Uh, listeners won't know this because they can can only hear rather than see. But uh, that just turned into a bit of a moment there between Augie and Virginia. Like you just, <laughs> like you were just, like you you were only talking to each other there. Yeah, I was like, we were just getting more and more excited about this robot. robot. And I, I well, and I I I, t- I started doing my my Robotron mime, which is not for podcasts or Armatron. Do, Armatron. Uh, what is Armatron? He was he was a robot. For the, you got at Radio Shack when you were a kid in the eighties, and he was just a claw, and he would open and close and rotate. I thought he tracked uh, viewer numbers on cable boxes. Is that a different? He, what am I? No, this at? was the earliest uh, jerk off machine. <laughs> this is what is, I mean, that's what I thought it was. I thought that was jerk. You thought it opened and closed. That was stuff. Jerk-a-tron. I thought yeah. it was off. That was I, that know. was jerkatron. Yeah. <laughs> um, Master Bator was the. Well, that's the monster, not the robot. That's. <laughs> That's a monster suffix, not a robot suffix. Mm-hmm. T- Tron and Tor are the go-to monster and robot ends of words. Um, R2, don't mind if I do. <laughs> See me, P.O.? Well, that's not the <laughs> masturbating. It's just a piss fetish robot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes me wonder how you masturbate. Right? His fa- that's just that's more of an exhibition. See me, see me. Glaswegian. I must pass water now. Uh, join me, join me, all of you. See uh, me, <laughs> Wasn't he on that Asiana airplane? See me, see me. Oh no! Did you guys see the, the stewardesses? The, the Colbert response to that was pretty great uh what he was saying those names they're just they're just wrong i mean if you're gonna be racist at least pick the right country like we too low uh something wrong. these are chinese names it's a korean airline <laughs> this should be names like uh park <laughs> plane too soon <laughs> not i'm not endorsing that uh, i'm just saying cool hey, well here's the other thing hey Every Korean I know all of a sudden was on this plane. Every Korean I talked to, oh, we were on the Asiana flight. What? It's gonna, right? No, it's going to become the Asian Woodstock. <laughs> Woodstock. No, you haven't heard someone who's claimed to be on it. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you'd actually have I, I, If I knew any you. Koreans, I'm sure they would be claiming that. What was the actual percentage of, uh, was it all Korean all, all Koreans were on that plane. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's the actual percentage. All, it was all vegan gods coming back from a field trip to Korea. Um, actually, the interesting point, the Venn diagram of vegans and Koreans is two totally different circles. They have, like, after all of Asia, is really easy to eat vegetarian, but they have no tradition of Buddhism in that country, and they don't understand not eating meat. Um, so I drank a lot. So everybody else outside of the U.S. who's vegetarian or vegan, it comes from Buddhism? The, the Asiatic countries, yeah. Like, it's either Buddhism or Hinduism or... Yeah, I mean, Hindu, Hinduism, I think Hindus still cook with... There's still dairy products in there They're sometimes. dairy... They're, they're dairy... But, um, ghee. But yeah, it's remarkably easy in a lot of Asia to get vegetarian food because they cook a lot with soy, yeah. uh, vegetables. What about Jainists? They would be vegetarians, right? Wait, isn't what, that a belief system where you can't even like step one? on insects? Well, that's that, that's where we get into the severe crazy pe- person. We're talking hey, about. I'm not judge here. We're talking about we're talking about things that have been around in some countries, but no, uh, Jainism is a very old. I think it's an Indian 
Um, I'm looking it up while you. Oh continue. God, no, I have heard of that. I but I I only wanted to tell you that in Hong Kong, the slang word, like the street slang word in Cantonese for lesbian, is Dao Fu because it's fake meat. Uh, uh, the, the fake meat was my second dance troupe. <laughs> And that was still going, yeah? Yeah, when the hot Jupiter split. The challenger, yeah. fake meat gets three and a half stars. Hot Jupiters with another... <laughs> they had to call them, uh, they just had to call themselves the Jupiters because uh, we refused to let them keep the hot Jupiter's name. <laughs> they were the new Jupiters. The new... <laughs> um, by the, I don't want to be a, a Hubble whore. But uh, there is an, there is another Hubble discovery. Look at uh, this, this guy; he's finding yeah. stuff. This show's only been on for an hour. He already found a new planet. There, there is another. Uh, it's a moon, uh, a new Neptune moon. Okay. Uh, its existence is an enigma. They found the first Neptune moon to be found in a decade. Its diminutive size raises questions as to how it survived the chaos thought to have created the planets, the giant planets, other moons. Uh, this moon is called S slash two thousand and four N one. Uh, named Rolls after. off the top. How small is it? Is it, was it? Is some it like... guy had a girlfriend called S slash two thousand and four and one, and it was a birthday present. Uh, I would imagine some of those guys do have girlfriends named that. They've, yeah. they've created mechanical sex. So how, how small is how small is small, Matt? Like I'm the to find out. It's basketball, a, bread box. It describes <laughs> a faint moon. It was pouring over pictures of Neptune taken in two thousand and nine to study segments of its rings. The rings around our outermost planet are too faint to see without taking very long exposure pictures. However, the rings orbit so fast that taking one long shot would smear them across the frame. Uh, Showwater, it's the uh, Mark Showwater of the SETI Institute in Mountain View, California, um, which is right up the road from uh, Sunnyvale, California, which is where I'll be playing at Rooster Tea Feathers in November. <laughs> nice. Come see me. Maybe nice. with me. We're working yeah, on we're that. trying we'll to get Andy if, out there too so we can do a property science as well. That would be kind of fun. Uh... With the, with the Google people. Um, Showwater and colleagues gathered multiple shorter exposure images and developed a technique to digitally rewind the orbits to the same point in time. They could then stack several images on top of each other to reveal details of the rings. This is what makes picture day so hard at school. <laughs> right? Um, this is... Um, I think they got this technique from CSI Miami. Uh, they got ni- I got nice pictures of the arcs, which was my main purpose, but I also got this little extra dot that I was not expecting to see. Stacking eight to ten images together allowed the moon to show up as plain as day, he says. Mm. Uh, when he went back and repeated the process using Hubble pictures taken in 2004, the moon was still there and moving as expected. This tiny addition to Neptune's family is an added shock because it seems too small to survive the formation of the other moons. Uh, according to accepted theories, Neptune's biggest moon, Triton, uh, which is uh, the moon named after a television brand, uh, is... <laughs> 2,705 kilometers wide and orbits backwards, traveling the opposite direction to the planet's spin. Like the teacup ride. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the next, the next moon is Kobe. Yeah. Uh, its large size and wonky orbit led ne- astronomers to believe that Triton was captured by Na- Neptune's gravity mm-hmm. about 4 billion years ago, and it originally destroyed whatever moons the gas giant originally had as, as it was settling. This sounds like home. a kick-ass comic book, man. Yeah, right? So it's adopted new moons yeah. after its old moons were killed. Oh, here we go. The Neptune moons we see today were probably broken up and regenerated after the arrival of Triton, says Showwater. Mm-hmm. Here's your answer, Virginia. S2004N1 is about 20 kilometers across. 
So yeah. I that's weird. Nothing. That's weird. It's really it's tiny. Like 13 really? It's like uh, as big as like San Francisco, about the size of San Francisco. Yeah. It. Uh, yeah. Right. That sounds Twenty right. kilometers. I, t- I don't know how big. Was that like thirteen miles? I think I think it's only San like eight, uh, seven twelve and a half. That's twelve and a half miles. Twelve and a half miles. So I couldn't it's, think it's, of anything. It's almost miles. a half marathon of a moon. It is. Yeah. It's a half marathon. Uh, and it has a nearly circular orbit that takes it around Neptune in twenty-three hours. How much glass does it have? Uh, <laughs> don't know. I'm not sure Give me the glass is. count, man. <laughs> its orbit is squarely between Proteus, the outermost moon, aside from Triton and Larissa. Uh, mm. These moons are 400 See? and 200 kilometers. Always a woman tears these guys apart. But it's saying, in the post-Triton chaos, such a small rock should have been swept up to become part of Proteus, or broken up by interloping asteroids sometime after the system settled down. How can you have a 20-kilometer object around Neptune? Uh, it's a little bit of a puzzle, says Showwater. <laughs> Come on, mm. man, sell it. In the, pro- in the, in the post-Triton chaos... One moon appeared. <laughs> it's far enough away Sell that its it. orbit is stable. Once you put it there, it will stay there. The question is, how did it get there? Mm. I've got an answer. They discovered mm. they discovered the little prince's moon. Uh, he walks around. It, it takes him all day, but he can walk around it. And he has a pet fox. Le petit prince. Tu sais que livre de... And they speak French? Enfants, le petit prince. Yeah, does yeah, the fox speak French or does he speak French? Oui, it's a renal and he's... he's do they have other French? Francais. Do they have other little French? Oh, let's see. What else happened? Didn't he used to have a bird? I love birds. <laughs> no. Um, uh, <laughs> it says, by the way, uh, uh, that it is a big question as to what they're going to name it. Because apparently S slash 2004 N1 does not roll off the tongue. Um, Neptune's other natural satellites named after minor water deities in Greek and Roman mythology. Mm-hmm. An official naming convention set up by the International Astron- uh, um, uh, Astronomical Union uh, will be responsible. Um, Showwater and colleagues also recently discovered two new moons around Pluto and put their names to a public vote, although the IAU has the final say. Oh, we should submit... There's not as mm-hmm. yeah. They say that. How about Trayvon, guys? Seriously, <laughs> how about Trayvon? Well, it says there's guys. not as colorful a cast of characters to work with, and I wish I hadn't just said that out loud after your last suggestion. Yeah. Uh, but there is still an interesting list of sea creatures one can choose from. He says. Uh, so if you've got any suggestions, uh, probably science listeners, tweet us at probably science or email probably science at gmail dot com, or post a letter to probably science America. <laughs> and they'll find it remember to mark your envelope with new moon <laughs> uh, then there's no postage needed right? <laughs> no postage needed it'll go into the right mailbox and there already and there already is an asteroid called the Petit Prince and it's also known as Eugenia 45 so Aww. that idea is in the turlet you guys damn it wow. It was too obvious. It couldn't have been just an invention today. But I'm not sure it's safe to put this to the public. I, I guess they do let them have the final say. Right. Um, it, yeah. It, it, it's it's not democracy. Yeah. So they don't, it's moonocracy. They stop it from like being like, hey, let's have cheeseburger let's, deluxe, blue <laughs> ivy, bull sweat, <laughs> northwest. <laughs> All right. Well, send us in your your dumb ideas, and we will. Hey, professor. <laughs> It's the gay professor moon where he can sew the uh, sweet patches onto his jacket. <laughs> You're referring, of course, to uh, my appearance on Gr- Graham Elwood and Friends show at the Improv where I caught no end of flack because I decided to dress up 
I'm yeah. making a show. I was hosting right. a show. I put on a jacket. Excuse me. Like a man does. When you Mr. Elwood nice. shows up with puka shell be- <laughs> necklace around his neck, <laughs> t-shirt. Come on. Uh, the current, by the way, most popular names in the in the public vote to name the fourth and fifth moons of Pluto, Bella. currently known as P4 and P5, um, Vulcan and Cerberus. Nice. Nice. It's nice. pretty good names. But. I know what the first one is. Isn't Cerberus the? Cerberus um, it's, it has to do with creation because the dog that oh, would guard. And then he was the five-headed dog. Vulcan is the, Vulcan is the same yeah. as Hephaestus, and he was uh, Venus's husband, but he was dirty and he didn't. She didn't like him. Dirty, dirty, like physically, like unclean, well, he was, or just he was a dirty. he was a he was an iron worker. Like he was an he was a, he lived in the bottom of a volcano, and he you guys know this. Like he was a metal worker, right. and like he would come home and say, "You're so beautiful," and she's like, "You're dirty and mm. stuff," and I don't like it. And I'm gonna have an affair with Aries because he's super hot. That's yeah. exactly what it sounded like. Yeah, <laughs> how was it? It's just a good uh, Greek that. accent you just had there. No, it was, it yeah, was pretty hot. How do actually. you know? Been to Greece. <laughs> I guess I mean ancient. <laughs> Shouldn't they? They should name it after something especially tiny, don't you think, guys? No. no? Oh, you've oh, I, I, you I, I, finished I, the joke I, yourself. No. The, okay. We have to go. I thought my point was. Wow. Down. This was. <laughs> you guys. This was probably science. <laughs> it really was. It really was. Um, we we do have to wrap things up at this point. Uh, do yeah. you guys have any shows or appearances you want to mention to our listeners? Um, coming up, this will be coming out on yeah, this Monday be, this the 22nd. You're frantically looking through your phone Monday to see Monday like, the 22nd. Well, I'll be this. in Chicago, Illinois all next week if anybody wants to come oh, yeah, out and see me. Chicago, uh, I've got a few shows. I'm doing underground comedy at Beat Kitchen on Tuesday the 23rd on the 24th. I'm doing hoo ha comedy and uh, comedians you should know, which is at Timio Tools. I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, I am uh, going to be in the UK for a lot of August. Uh, I'll be at the Edinburgh Festival for some of that time. Uh, go and see. Do go and see um, Setlist, which will be at uh, the Pleasance for the whole of the month. I'll be there for some of those shows, but I'll be helping out with the others. Uh, and there's some amazing people already booked for that. And also, at the beginning of August, I'm doing a show at the Phoenix Fringe, which is out of the Phoenix pub in central London. So if you're in central London, I'm going to be... I'm not sure what I'm going to be doing yet for it, but it'll be an hour show of probably some things that I haven't talked about in London yet. Uh, and there's, they've got this really cool lineup where they're just taking over this pub for a week. Uh, it's where Old Rope Comedy Club normally happens. It's just on Cavendish Square by Oxford Circus Tube. And there's some amazing acts who are doing it. Uh, you can buy tickets for individual shows. We can buy day passes where you get to see everyone who's on that day so go and go to uh phoenix fringe i think phoenixfringe.com or just google phoenix fringe and if you're in london come see me at the beginning of august this is Excellent. almost as good as that i'm doing a show in culver city at the fanatic salon theater on mm-hmm. july 26th and on the 28th i'm at the talking stick coffee shop in santa monica and uh um that's everything for the rest of july and then august i'll probably try to talk somebody into like a murder suicide bit so <laughs> that'll be that nice, nice. Uh, and in the meantime they can find you on twitter right uh i'm bedinia jones on twitter and uh I have, it's like virginia jones if you have a head cold or, or uh, a learning disability and uh, my i've always pronounced it badina you can do what you want but it's bedinia it's bedinia jones okay uh, look at that 
I got a website. So I got good I got on you, Badinia. <laughs> I got some. Did anybody ever said that? Um, you know when you when you put the name Badinia on uh, like on your on your marathon uh, ta- like when you run a marathon and people try to shout encouragingly at you, you get all kinds of things, which is how I know it's a terrible handle that I've used mm-hmm. for um, seven years, eight years. Yeah. Google you me. don't have to I'm put Googleable. your Twitter handle on your uh, marathon jersey. That was your own choice. <laughs> you could have put your name on that. Yeah, I think there wasn't a problem with Virginia's taken. There wasn't. I just thought it would be fun. I just, I'm like, maybe I'll get some uh, hits on the site. It was desperate times, you guys. It was mid-2000s. We didn't know what was happening. It was a crazy time. It was a crazy Bush time. Bush was in office. Things were topsy-turvy. <laughs> Things were different. <laughs> and Augie, where can our listeners find uh, This you? weekend, I'll be at, uh, if this comes out, uh, Tuesday the 26th. Is that what you said? It'll be like Monday the Monday 21st. Monday night, Tuesday morning. Right. Yeah. 26th. <laughs> what is it? 26th. No. Monday the 22nd. <laughs> Uh, so this weekend I'll be in the Tri Cities, Washington, is where I'll be. Excellent. Go, go ahead. And, for uh, three fabulous nights and Twitter at Augie Smith, and also your podcast that you do with that. Uh, yeah, we're on a hiatus. Uh, uh, we're going through some uh, shakeups over there, motivationally speaking. Right. right. That's because ironic. We've had to uh, downsize. Right. Uh, but we'll be back soon when I get this thing figured out. Oh wait, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drive a cavalcade of people to this show. On July 29th, I'm mm. doing a show at Hennessy's in Seal Beach, so I'm going to expect all probably nice. centers, uh, probably science listeners to come down to, to Seal, Seal Beach. Beach. If you've been a it's, Seal it's watching, near Long Beach, go it's Seal watching beach. during the day and then laugh at and then get Virginia Dones. Yeah, uh, I've done this show before, and the the rule is um, no one is allowed to attend the comedy show who is not paralytically drunk. No wow. one. They clear you out. They're like, if you're if you're Mm-hmm. Sober enough to leave of your own accord, you can't. You actually have to go. Okay. It's only people who are and they paralyzed. Have a very active sound man during your show. Yeah, they very do. Active sound man. He's well. He's Canadian. Perfect. Um, as always, uh, listeners, thank you for joining us, and please do tweet us at probably science or email us probably science at gmail dot com uh, with any questions, comments, clarifications. We love hearing from you. Uh, if you do want to support us as well, if you go to propertyscience.com, there's a little donate button and that helps us with our hosting costs. Um, and the other way you can support us is just to get on iTunes and give us nice references and comments and give us five stars on the little star rating thing and tell your friends and let other people know about the show. Uh, but in the meantime, thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Augie, and thank you, Virginia. And we will see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.